We. 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 Oui. 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 Is it old yet? Oui. <laughs> oui. I don't know yet. Over it. <laughs> okay. Frank. 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 It is a pretty amazing week last week, and we're recording on Friday, so mm-hmm. on Monday. I mean, everyone has had the weekend now to take in the knowledge drop of everything that just happened in the last week with Microsoft Connect just happening. Mm-hmm. There's tons of great announcements, and then you dropped a bombshell on the world, essentially. Oh, the world? Okay. At least, um, mm-hmm. what, 250 of us. I think that's the retweet count. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. Is okay, that the so, world? <laughs> so you, you had mentioned to me a long time ago mm. about this library that you created that I didn't pay any attention to because it was all this web technology. It was called, I'm going to call it Ui because that's what I'm, uh, that's what I pronounce it as, I think, <laughs> on, on channel nine. Yeah. But you created your own little web UI library called Ui, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, I said, Frank, that's cool. And you can do like a new button and all this stuff. But then I said, you know what I've always wanted, Frank, hmm. in, is a world where I could take my Xamarin Forms XAML or user interface code and, and .NET code and run that in a browser or maybe something like an yeah. ASP.NET Core application instead of having to worry about HTML and JavaScript and learning all this CSS and all this whatever, right? I would really just love to use all of Xamarin Forms and XAML in itself and then you did it. <laughs> Yeah, this is a weird one, huh? Um, Did you give me the idea? I don't even remember you giving me the idea. I remember um, we were at the meetup that we have here in Seattle, and Mm -hmm. you were talking about the future of Xamarin Forms, and I think you were showing off Linux and uh, WPF, I believe, are the new platforms Mm -hmm. for it. And then uh, someone popped up with a question of, um, what about the web? (laughs) <laughs> and um, yep. we don't quite have an answer for it yet in the .NET world. Um, there is uh, WebAssembly coming out, and Mono's going to work on WebAssembly. That means we can start building apps for it. But I had certain different needs, and I didn't want to be WebAssembly. I had my own ideas of actually how to make Xamarin Forms work on the web. And so after having this discussion, I said, I just need to release this thing because it's actually been sitting on my GitHub for months now. And I just, I was honestly a little embarrassed about it. I didn't know how people would react to it. So it's just been sitting there. And I thought, eh, let's release this thing. Yeah, it was really entertaining because you weren't even around. I was in New York a few days ago and um, I think Miguel had gotten a, a drop that this thing was happening <laughs> and that you some or maybe Joseph had gotten it. And, and I said, oh, I, I knew about this. Frank told me all about this because you had. And I was like, you know, I, I actually I remember looking at the actual um, uh, source code here, but there was no Xamarin Forms user interface. And I, and I will say that that's been the dream for the last mm. three years. I think we released Xamarin Forms now, I think three years ago. And yeah. ever since then, even when I started at Xamarin, people have always wondered, like, how do I run? my .NET code and my, you know, cross-platform user interface on the web. And there, yeah. and there was no real no answer. And even WebAssembly right. is more about running .NET code on in the browser, essentially. Yeah, there's a distinction there. Um, I This this sounds terrible, but I almost think of the WebAssembly as Silverlight. You know, you, you get a little mm-hmm. box and you can put your um, app in there. That's totally not true. You're not uh, contained in a box like that. But if you think about it, you are still running on the client. So if you want to synchronize with the server, do data exchange and all that, you're still going to have to build an API. You're still going to have to talk to the server and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
And you know me, I'm I'm super lazy, right? Like when I <laughs> when I when I see these kind of I I, I shouldn't call them barriers because it's it's good design to layer things and all that, right? But I'm a native app developer. I don't want to write an API. I just want to write an app. And so I, I wanted I wanted something different from that normal that normal way. I I don't want to write APIs. <laughs> so I I see like I can really I understand how to build the user interface on mobile. I completely mm-hmm. understand that, right? Because I'm hitting a web server, I'm hitting some other database, I'm doing something, right? Or I'm reading locally off the disk. When I go to the web, I understand the concept of uh, web APIs and publishing web APIs. I, I understand that, right? Because that's what my mobile app is hitting. So my gets, my puts, mm-hmm. my deletes, all that stuff. Yeah. What I don't really ever really comprehend is how the internet works <laughs> and how a website works because it's not like the thing is running there. I remember trying to make an ASP.NET application and Heather, who Mm -hmm. is an ASP.NET developer, was like trying to explain it to me. And I was like, yeah, but where does the code run? And she's like, well, it's kind of here, but then also here. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't, it was, it was this whole disconnect where what I've always wanted to do is just say, listen, I don't want to have to go learn all this HTML, all this CSS. I'm kind of relearning an entire new thing. I really just want to apply my current knowledge to the web. Mm -hmm. And this is not to say that I want to become the next most amazing web developer in the world. What I want to do, Frank, is build out like a data entry backend for my applications, right? You know, I have that. I should be able to do that easily. And and I can't, but now I kind of can. Yeah, you know, I'm always striving to be visual basic, right? I still think that that was the pinnacle of programming right there. And I'm just trying to get back to it. Um, This actually reminds me I kept thinking back to old web forms. This was um, in the early days of .NET, we had this technology called web forms for making websites. And it tried to do the same thing. It tried to make the web feel like a native interface to you. So if you wanted a button, you create a button object and you put it on there. And then it handled the magic. The problem was it had to deal with old web web 1.0 kind of technologies. So it was mm. kind of a little long in the tooth by the time like JavaScript was really taking off and things like that. It wasn't the greatest architecture. But I still think the programming model was pretty good, and I wanted that. But at the same time, I'm not like you. Um, I actually like the web. Uh, I understand the DOM. I like HTML. I actually really love CSS. Uh, I don't write web apps, but I'm, I, I like writing them, <laughs> oddly enough. <laughs> um, and so when I designed Wii, I actually made it just web-focused. I wasn't even thinking about Xamarin Forms, to be honest. I was just thinking about the programmer model of how do I want to write an application and how should it work. And from there, I figured out how to split it up into a web app, you know, figure out a server, figure out how the client's going to mm-hmm. work, and just add a bit of magic just, you know, to, to fake it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> now, I said, you, you originally said that Wii's purpose was more for running on IoT devices. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of describe to me sure yeah I had you describe in words like how it works but maybe you can describe your need for this why it doesn't exist anywhere else and why you created it and and what people can do with it yeah you know I I love to tinker with electronics and I love to get little chips and run dotnet on them and so eventually you start you know you start with blinking LED and then eventually you build up and you get something that can control your temperature or the security system or the lights of your house and all of these things eventually though you want a user interface to them you want to be able to talk to them 
So I've tried multiple times. This is the general problem I have. How do I put a user interface on my little stupid IoT things? And I've tried a few things. Like at first I started writing an app for every one of them, but it turned out I was making more electronics faster than I felt like writing apps. So it was getting a little tedious writing an app for every single one of them. And so eventually I got to the point where I was just making um, websites for each of them. They each just ran a web server. I'd hit them with a browser. But then, um, then I was making websites, right, man? Uh, like HTML, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. CSS, templates. I hate templates. I Templates are dumb. Anyone who likes templates. <laughs> it's not a good way to program. It, it's nice for if you have a very simple page, but templates fall apart very quickly. And so I get frustrated with those. Um, and .NET, um, our, the servers are pretty lightweight and fine. You can run them on Raspberry Pis, no problem. But yeah. it just felt like so much work. Even even though it was a good UI and everything, I just didn't feel like defining APIs and model view controllers and view models and all this stuff. I just wanted to put a number on the screen and monitor that number and put a few buttons up. That was that was the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like I've always said, like when I I want to. I want to make a page. It's funny because I have a mobile application and what am I doing? Like I'm hitting this web server, I'm pulling down data, I'm like modifying the data, pushing it back up. Mm-hmm. But then when I create a website, I have to do this whole other, <laughs> it's like a whole other paradigm. I'm like no longer doing that. I'm doing something completely. Different. I'm like, oh man, how do I just like literally put a list on the page or how do I mm-hmm. put a button to do this thing? And people at web developers are probably like, oh, James, you're stupid. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a reason I'm not a web developer, right? But I still need to be able to make a web interface for something. And there's a lot of good web te- web technologies to solve these very problems. It's just none of them take really, I, I shouldn't say none because now I know there is actually prior art here, but not many take advantage of the native app design model. They're just trying to make templates easier. So many of these web frameworks are, how do you make templates easier? And I just mm-hmm. don't want to do templates. You know, I want to, even though we're going to get to it, XAML is a templating language, but you know me, me, <laughs> I'm a code first developer. I just want to write code mm-hmm. for the UI to yeah. each their own. But, uh, and then, yeah, we, we were talking about the meetup, and it occurred to me that this would actually be a good basis for Xamarin Forms, and that just lit up a whole world of possibilities. Yeah, because you had already, so in in we, you essentially had a, a, a C-sharp way of laying down a user interface. Yeah. And that would render HTML5 controls, which makes sense because it is a web browser, just like if you did you know, um, button in a browser, like in HTML, and you would say new button and it would create a new button and the button has a bunch of properties. Guess what? Just like an HTML5 button, just like a XAML button, mm-hmm. just like anything else in the world. Right. There's so much commonality in UIs, right? So it's, it becomes easier to write these kinds of translation layers. Yeah. So that essentially means that Xamarin Forms kind of has the same idea. Xamarin Forms is mm-hmm. just a interface in a way. It says, and I think you were trying to describe to me like when when the HTML page says button that goes off to the the server that says this is how you render the button. So really, Xamarin Forms is literally just asking the platform, which sometimes is Xamarin Forms or someone else, to say, "How do you want me to render? Like, go render this button for me. I am telling you to go put a button and a label, and and I want you to implement this click event, and I'm going to send you the event when the person clicks on it." So. At that point, I'm assuming that, did you just have to write renders at that point? Because you had already written yeah. the framework and Xamarin Forms came next, right? On top of it. Yeah. 
So the Wii library took care of the low-level synchronization. That's the one that once I have a button on the server, that's the one that replicates that button to all the clients. So it shows up on the client. It takes care of all that low-level stuff. Xamarin mm-hmm. Forms, and I have to give a shout out to Xamarin Forms. It's very well architected. Um, it became very easy to create. I don't know the right terminology, probably just platform, a new platform for mm-hmm. Xamarin Forms. Mm-hmm. Because it's been ported to so many platforms at this point, <laughs> they've made it pretty easy, honestly, to implement a whole new platform. So I took Xamarin Forms and none of the iOS versions, none of the Android ones, just imported Xamarin Forms mm-hmm. and just started writing renderers for all the controls. Deep down, <laughs> you can think of Xamarin Forms as actually being quite simple. All it does is figure out a layout for a page. It's all page-based. So in uh, that layout is the location of every single control. And then for every control, it creates a native platform renderer, it's called. And that one is just the thing that you keep in sync. So that's the that handles the interface. Xamarin Forms presents a button object, and the renderer makes sure that there is a button on the screen for the user. And so it's very simple. All we have is this layout and then a way to actually put the interface on the screen. And that's all my library had to do, fortunately. <laughs> and it was just, I was kind of shocked, honestly, at how easy it was really well designed and and so once you had that working since we already worked and you could just say new button that renderer literally when you say new xamarin forms button you just Mm -hmm. expose your Wii button just like ios exposes a ui button or whatever so it makes a lot of sense of exactly how this works it's almost like passing through um what a button is in your in your your Wii library handles the rest of the magic that's going on. Now, does that mean that the features of Xamarin Forms itself work? For instance, does data binding work? Do like value converters work? Because those are, oh, they do. (laughs) That's the best part. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, the architecture of Xamarin Forms is so good. I don't know how many times (laughs) I'm going to say that here, but (laughs) Um, really the the platform implementation only takes care of the stuff that you would really think in your head is very platformy, you know, really low level stuff. All that high level stuff, layout, um, uh, data binding, like you said, is the big one. But even XAML, the whole XAML engine is completely platform independent. And so all that stuff just comes for free once you have something that can put controls in the right place that's simple honestly yeah that makes sense because when you think of xamarin forms there's a dotnet standard package that Mm -hmm. is the one i mean when you think about how you structure a xamarin forms application or even a xamarin application we're putting our models our view models and our views inside of that shared code base and that shared code base could literally go to any platform it doesn't actually care right and the only exactly. thing that the platform is doing is telling it how to do navigation, how to render the things. Um, but as far as the pub sub and all that other jazz, it doesn't really necessarily care. Yeah. 
There's a few places. Yeah, so what I'm saying covers probably about 80% of apps. The things that, um, let's say I haven't implemented even yet are the um, more complex things like the master detail page where you have collapsing and things like that. Hmm. Uh, the tabbed page because HTML doesn't have um, a first class concept of tab pages. You have to implement that through JavaScript or something like that. So the more complex controls, they make up what's call it the last 20% of mm. renderers that I have to hand implement, but a huge chunk just basically comes for free because I honestly, I got very lucky that HTML was flexible enough, or I should say the DOM is flexible enough to act like something that Xamarin Forms is compatible with. Mm. I'm doing tricks like absolute layout and things like that, but it's all it's all good. It, it's even to the point where I'm able to take the iOS implementation of Xamarin Forms and almost just copy and paste it mm. because I can fall back on the Wii library to basically act like iOS if it needs to. Got and it. So it just becomes copy-paste, change some class names, add and remove features that HTML has and UI kit doesn't, but it's it's pretty much that simple. Yeah, I'm looking here. You have, so one thing that I wanted that I didn't show yesterday or as a last week in my video, which I've linked to in the show notes, is the entry, essentially a text <laughs> field, which I said, I said, I told Joseph, I go, if, if we can provide me a button, a label, <laughs> <laughs> and an entry, it is everything that I need in this world. I can <laughs> you build know? you any UI you think. These these are my core mm -hmm. primitives. I need I mean, a once label, you give me, something. Yeah. Once you give me a list view, game over. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, again, yeah. I'm not building the most crazy thing, but you have, in looking at the renderers, a box view, a button, an entry, a label, and a generic view. And, and the entry you added just literally overnight. And I'm looking, it's not a lot of code. It is no mostly code to handle when someone changes a property and updates it updates right. it so yeah. you can then update the color so even all those methods of update a color is this is the color you told me this is the color that you need to be you know yeah um, exactly it's very that's all a, yeah good that's all a renderer is is translating from xamarin forms to the platform and in this case, again, I got lucky that HTML and Xamarin Forms get along very well. So, you know, getting those two to work together is, yeah, pretty easy. It takes a minimal amount of code, which, thank God, this project wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have spent that much time on it if it was too much harder. <laughs> and, and is a lot of this now possible because of, of, of .NET Core, .NET Standard, ASP.NET yes. Core, or is, is, is that the reason why, or does it really not matter? It matters. Um, <laughs> boy, where do you even begin with this? <laughs> .NET Standard just kind of frees everything up. Mm -hmm. Every time I would want to write this like small, tight, shared library that does something clever, there's always something missing from PCLs back in the mm -hmm. day, right? There was always just some missing feature, and it always just made it harder and harder. In this case, I use WebSockets. There are mm -hmm. PCL WebSocket implementations out there, but guess what? WebSockets are built into .NET Standard. So being mm -hmm. able to just say, this is a .NET Standard library, and have access to all the APIs, you know, because .NET's huge. <laughs> we want all mm -hmm. the APIs. It's just liberating. Like, I don't have to worry about all that stuff. I can just use anything I want, and it's up to the platform to make it work. <laughs> Bugs aside and all that stuff. And honestly, so I was writing for the self-hosted situation. 
All I wanted was my stupid little IoT device to uh, run a little web server and serve out these UI pages. You know, that was it. Mm-hmm. But I realized that um, ASP.NET Core actually had all the features I needed. It had web sockets, it had routing and all that. So I took a step back, thought about the design again, ended up being pretty compatible already with ASP.NET and wrote some MVC controls to simplify the interface between the two. And it just fit right into ASP.NET Core. And that's purely because ASP.NET Core itself is well architected and is easy to plug into and all that stuff. So yeah, this was a confluence of all these technologies finally getting mature and finally working together. I run it on .NET Core, I run it on Mono, I run it everywhere, and it's just so gratifying to not have a million different projects with a million different, you know, PCL profiles. <laughs> yeah, and and you have it out there. The pe- people can get it. I literally pulled down the repo and it worked on a plane after um, all my packages <laughs> restored. I was flying back from New York and I was like, I need Did, to get this working. I was um, surprised your packages actually restored. So you had all those, huh? You got it lucky. Took, it took about 20 minutes in the Ouch, plane. I'm sorry. But it, so it, it did it. <laughs> it references ASP.NET Core, which is pretty heavy, if you include mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That was a big one, the, yeah. The library itself is actually pretty small. It's um, between 50 or 100 kilobytes. So you can add this library to any of your apps, and it really doesn't put a dent in anything. The problem is, if you want to put it in ASP.NET, then it <laughs> pulls down a million references <laughs> for, that, for that thing. <laughs> so how has the... Well, first, how did I, how do you think that I demoed it? Yeah. And then Ooh. how has the response been since your initial posting and releasing of it really onto the world? Okay, let's let's talk about your demo first. You covered <laughs> up one of my bugs so gracefully, <laughs> and I'm just so thankful for that. So good job, and I'll tell you about that right now. Um, a big problem I have is one requirement Xamarin Forms has is it needs to know what the platform wants a, the size of a control to be. Mm-hmm. So if you have a button with the text hello or click me, then the native platform, because Xamarin Forms really tries to be native, it wants to know natively how large should this button be. And unfortunately, because I'm running on a server and people are on all sorts of browsers with all sorts of fonts and styles sheets and who knows what's affecting their actual display, I basically have to make up a number. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to do, right now, it's incredibly uh, idiotic code in there that's making up this number. <laughs> but the, the result is um, pretty much everything is too short. So you had, mm-hmm. what, an entry, or no, you had a button, and the text was clipping. It, it wasn't tall enough. But you mm-hmm. so gracefully went back to the XAML, forced its height to be the correct height, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it looked nice. So thank you for working oh, yeah. around my font bug. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, and and I really had fun because I there was a lot of things implemented that I didn't think were actually going to work because... I go okay. This is looking pretty good, but I don't want I don't want everything to be left and top aligned to sure. the page. Yeah. So I put in some padding <laughs> in the stack layout, and it totally worked. I was like amazed. You know, um, I was amazed too um, because <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that that was also platform independent code. Yeah, the layout engine for uh-huh. Xamarin Forms, aside from that one little bit I mentioned about asking for uh, the default sizes, is platform independent. It wants to know default uh-huh. sizes, but as long as it knows those, uh, it handles the rest. So That's yeah, cool. padding and all the all the options and all that stuff. Yeah, my also thing too with with it is 
I guess I guess my question was I always just thought it was an edge bug because when I hit debug <laughs> it boots up IIS and then I didn't even try it in Chrome for the default button size. So I just assumed that it was edge being, you know, an, <laughs> no. edge, an edge bug. So is it, is it we then, can't blame edge. <laughs> so is it displaying based on the browser like this is an edge button, this is a Safari button, and this is a a Chrome button is that how that is that how the internet works? No, unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> um, so oh, okay. when you do when you do get a web request, you do declare your user agent, and from that you can make some guesses. Mm. But the truth is, you can't make that many guesses. Like it doesn't tell you if they have font scaling on, so you know if things mm. are naturally bigger, or maybe you have the default font change to something radical. So I just can't pick up on those. Instead, what I'm doing, uh, I'm relying on an old web trick called CSS reset. Have you heard of that? Mm. Mm -mm. This is where you baseline every browser through a bunch of CSS rules to a standard. So all text on every browser is this height. Everything comes with this default padding. And so you mm. just force it down to a standard. Okay. And that's the approach that I'm taking. So I'm using a tiny bit of CSS to force a button to render at a certain size. And that way, on the server side, I can actually calculate that correct size without having to interrogate the browser. Hmm, interesting. interesting. Little trickery. I feel bad for it. But honestly, pretty much every website out there uses a CSS reset. It's mm. just too hard to deal with it otherwise. It and sense. that solves all my problems for me. So how has the response been now that it's out in the uh, wild? I mean, <laughs> oh, man, I was nervous. <laughs> They're going to be like, OK, Frank's definitely jumped the shark on this one. <laughs> uh, the response has been very positive. Uh, like I think I mentioned, uh, we had 250 retweets. Yay. I don't know. I'm, I'm too obsessed with Twitter, but that's how I gauge how things are going. Um, like I said, I got to show it to Miguel. He was the first one I actually mentioned it to, and he seemed excited. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay, well, if Miguel got excited, hopefully someone else will. I don't know. Do other people have this problem? Do you worry about the popularity of your projects, or do you just release it and not care? Are you beyond it? That's a good question. So when I release a new open source project, I don't fear about it getting... Um, being successful or not successful because obviously like i made mm -hmm. this library for me just like you made this library okay. for you the <laughs> yeah. question becomes how much additional work open source is this about to cause to my life oh that's a good one yes do i want to take on tracking issues releasing new gets mm -hmm. um yeah dealing code with reviewing requests, code reviewing mm -hmm. uh build server breaks those are fun mm -hmm. <laughs> Right now, the Wii project is building red, not because the code is bad, but Frank hasn't updated the build server. <laughs> yeah, we got to put this puppy in VSTS. Put a nice little oh boy. pipeline for <laughs> Rub you. Rub some DevOps. <laughs> I would love to. I actually made a pull. There's actually been pull requests already, too. So I made a pull oh. request. There were some other ones. Pretty good. I have to say, thanks to the community. I think I had my first pull request in four hours that <laughs> fixed it on, on Windows, because of course Frank messed up Windows, because I never test on Windows. So thank you, Windows users. Thank you for having patience with me. And yes, always do send me Windows pull requests, because yeah, I'm terrible. But that was great. Yeah, right immediately. Um, we've had a, a few little, you, you got a pull request in. You improved the sample, because you're mm -hmm. the demo king. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I got a real proper PR, like a whole big feature. Uh, I didn't have alert boxes. You know, every programmer mm -hmm. needs alert boxes. It's mm -hmm. the UI programmer's print print statement. <laughs> so instead of printing, we put an alert box up. Exactly. 
And I hadn't gotten to that part in Xamarin Forms, and but thankfully a contributor out there, and I feel terrible because I don't have the name in front of me, but thank you, yes. Thank you to the community uh, for helping out. Yeah, I think it was Andrew who did it. That's who I'm looking was at. Was it? Right okay. Yeah, Andrew Hoefling. Fantastic. From New York, that's funny. Yeah, now I will <laughs> say there, I, 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 so what do you want people to build with this? Like, I know, you, I know what mm. you wanted to build with it, but what okay. do you think people can build with it? Like, what is its use case in the world? Um, we talked about the one use case, so let's let's not even let's shelf that. But we know that that's my primary use case of I have an IoT device and I want to provide a nice UI for it that's easy to access. So definitely, if you just you know want to build a quick UI for any app, and honestly, this can be any app. It doesn't have to be IoT. Just think of mm. any .NET standard library you have, because it's a .NET standard library. Pull it in, and you can build a UI for your app that's platform independent. So, building hybrid apps is definitely a use case for this. Um, but there's a part of it that I personally really love, and that's that just as a fallout of its architecture. To be honest, it's super easy to build collaborative apps with it. That is multiple people working through the same or similar user interface on the same data model. Whenever you wanted to do this with a website before, you needed an API to communicate. The API would have to synchronize a bunch of clients. It would have to you know, uh, send those synchronization messages out to them, do all that stuff. Well, that's what we already does. So built into it is the ability to create collaborative apps. If I create a button object on the server and I serve that same button object to multiple people, well then we're all interacting honestly with the same button. We have a collaborative button here. The same can be said for a text editor or a chat app or any of that stuff. We just start sharing data more easily. And so for me personally, I hope that people can tr play around with that collaborative part of it, because I think that's the power of the web is collaboration and just building multi-user applications. It's just very exciting to me. Yeah, my favorite thing that I just did right before we started recording is I tweeted out um, in the sample, there's a shared button and the button is shared, which means that <laughs> every time you click it, it increases the count for everybody. But since it's reactive in a way because my page is looking to see when that count increases. If someone yes. else increases it, then mine updates on my page. So we literally sat here <laughs> and for the last you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and I've just seen it gone up from like a thousand to like four thousand, like or whatever, <laughs> which is pretty great. This was um, this was a fun experiment <laughs> I actually ran months ago, uh, many months ago, when I first wrote this library. Remember, I said I let it sit for a while, right? Mm -hmm. But I wanted to know if my crazy architecture would actually scale. Would it survive the internet? So I went and rented a $5 AWS um, Amazon server because I wanted to also prove that it didn't have to run on Windows or Azure mm -hmm. or anything. I wanted it mm -hmm. running on Linux if for no other reason than to prove that it could. Could have put and it in Azure on Linux, just saying, but that's fine. You're, I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> I don't ever think of that. Well, and that, um, could be right. a, um, you know, that could be a marketing problem, that's fine. <laughs> So I sent out um, this just initial test, and it was exactly that, a button that counted how many people had clicked it. And that was so much fun because people ended up writing scripts that attacked it <laughs> and everything. They were clicking, lots of people clicking, scripts hitting it, and the little button just kept on counting. And I discovered so many bugs in the software through that. It was very helpful to me. So anyone who participated in that, thank you. But I... I 
fixed a lot of bugs from that, but overall the architecture survived. And that's when I was pretty happy with uh, the overall design. I knew the design was decent, just had to work out the kinks. I love it. It's super fun. And I think it's really gratifying because to be able to do something like that on mobile is is quite complicated because you have to set up the sockets. You have to do this and that. You have to worry about the server and the communication. And um, I mean, Signal R was really popular in sockets and things like that. But I think that inherently how the Internet works and kind of (laughs) understanding that I think it is just kind of fun with so minimal, so much minimal code. it's kind of mind bl- mind blowing. Yeah. So, well, you know really me, cool. minimal code, right? When I want to write an app, I want it to be ten lines long. Anytime it's longer than ten lines, I start to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, but that's why we get data binding and all that, and we get uh, XAML to help us out. And so, just having those on the web, I think, is just if for nothing else, it'll make writing those parts of the web just more enjoyable. So if I'm doing a data entry form, just make a XAML page for it. No big deal. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I think what I love is that I can now write XAML anywhere in the entire world and it will just (laughs) run on every single platform and it's amazing. Um, So is there anything else that you want to talk about with this library? I don't know. No, no, we we covered everything pretty well. So thanks for actually, I I felt a little weird taking up a whole episode. I'm like, are are you sure you want to do a whole episode on my weird little library? But I think think that this library is quite revolutionary, not only just for the community, but for a living example of what you can do with open source technology. Um, Yeah. And a really powerful platform of, of, of Xamarin Forms itself and how much minimal code you have to write. I mean, I know that there's already projects for like Unity and a sure. few other things. It's really quite cool to see it all come together. And really as a C-sharp developer, being able to say that I can truly write applications that run on every single platform and share code between all of them. Not that I'm gonna maybe share all my Xamarin Forms XAML between the web and mm-hmm. the mobile, but to say that I can write one common UI paradigm between them, I think is really powerful. Um, so anyways, I love it. I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And as we add more controls and navigation and all that jazz, yeah. I think it's going to be quite, quite lovely. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. And I just want to hit back to that. Um, a lot of this is all building on the shoulders of giants. What I saw was a bunch of blocks and decided <laughs> that these two blocks needed to be connected also. Right. <laughs> yep. So I just had to build that connection. This is uh, so much enabled by .NET finally maturing to the point where you can actually just write one piece of code and literally run it everywhere. And it's just having that confidence and having such large building blocks to work with in the first place. It's just a matter of putting that little set together, putting that jigsaw puzzle together. <laughs> so basically, big shout outs to the .NET team, to the ASP.NET yeah. Core team, and to the Xamarin yeah. Forms team. And to all those teams, um, the amazing community too, that's already adding to it. So, anyways, oh yeah, and of course I use JSON, uh, Newton Soft JSON, so <laughs> <laughs> required for any project. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have it. Well, it's awesome. Um, I'll have all of the links in the show notes below, so check it out. I really like people tweeting photos of the little, you know, XAML-based UI that they're making. So I do. It, I'm really cool. And then as it fits their needs, I'll add more to it. But I think that's about it, Frank. Frank, thanks for being a genius and amazing. Um, (laughs) As always, basically saving the world of .NET, Frank Kruger. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. We'll, we'll see that next month when I want to talk about ML. We'll see if you're still paying those compliments. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, until next time, uh, make sure you follow us everywhere on the internet at MergeConflict.fm. MergeConflict.fm also is our website. You can leave us a comment. We like to read those. Um, we love all the great comments you leave on our Twitter feed. You can, of course, uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast application or just tell one of your friends about this awesome, awesome podcast that you absolutely love. It really helps us out and grow our listenership. So until next time, this has been Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.